You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to be interviewing Jen Rusciano, who's Executive Director of Detroit Food Academy. And Jen is a youth worker and food educator who calls Detroit home. She earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in geography from Colgate University and an MBA from Michigan State University. In 2010, Jen received a Thomas J. Watson Fellowship to explore the social, economic, and environmental impact of chocolate production on small-scale cacao farming communities around the world. Inspired to link young people with farmers close to home, she completed two terms with National Service Food Corps and local organization Food System Economic Partnership. And Jen now works as co-founder and executive director of the Detroit Food Academy, bringing food, business, and learning together. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, Jen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Me too. So I wonder if we could begin <laughs> by you sharing a little bit with our audience about the Detroit Food Academy. Uh, what is it and how does it impact youth? Yeah, we are a youth leadership program for young Detroiters um, from elementary school to beyond high school ages here in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we use food as a vehicle for young folks to know and express their own power and their leadership vision. So we invite young people to take uh, the concept of what, what we like to call a souped-up lemonade stand, uh-huh. so um, inventing their own farmer's market stand and their own food business, and use that as kind of a container through which they can learn about the food system, culinary arts, business basics. They can connect with mentors um, who include chefs and farmers um, and ask questions about why the food system is the way it is. Uh, and what it could look like, and also to learn about culture and history and connection, um, which food contains beyond just, you know, filling our bellies every day. So yeah. we really use it as a, an, a, an opportunity for young people to both explore and to say, okay, I care about these things. I want to make a food project that embodies my values, and I want to put it out there um, into the world in front of my peers and my community to share. That's amazing. You know, it's it's so powerful when um, people come together over food. It sort of uh, removes all barriers and all boundaries. And they, it's so easy to connect just, you know, sharing a meal or cooking together. It, it's it's really a powerful connector. It really is. It's amazing. Um, you know, just to get to see Young people who uh, maybe aren't aren't together during the school day, they may not have the same group of friends, um, sit down and make a meal together and to be able to have, you know, that as a gateway into deeper conversations, you know, talking about um, what their families like to cook or talking about sometimes hard things like not being able to find um, good foods in their local grocery store. Yeah. Um, I think it creates an opportunity and kind of a safe 
space for um, for learning and for questioning and for exploration. And it's also, you know, we are all human. We all need to eat. And so it, it kind of... Um, brings us back to something that's really fundamentally nourishing. Absolutely. You know, I teach um, as an adjunct faculty member at University of Detroit Mercy, and I was teaching a writing class in the fall. Um, so it's just your regular freshman composition class where um, all students have to take it. And we had such an array of students from various ethnicities. Some were first-generation Americans. Some were immigrants themselves. Some were not. They had you know, generations here. And I themed the whole course around food and food identity. Mm-hmm and trying to figure out who you are through the foods of your family. And we ended the class in December with a meal. I had everybody, their final paper was um, about a particular food that is important in their uh, personal identity and in their family. And they had to do a little research both... um, out in the world on that food and also in their family, interview someone or try to track down a family recipe and where it came from. And it was very cool because students brought in some of these dishes that um, were from far-flung locations and yet had similarities to other dishes from totally different regions. And it was just a real Mm -hmm. bonding experience. It was just, it was pretty cool, you know? Oh, that sounds like an amazing project. What lucky students have that experience. (laughs) Yeah, I was very Um, well fed in the fall. (laughs) I ate very well with them. Oh, that's so wonderful. Isn't that the best part? You you not only get to talk about these interesting things for nourishing the mind, but you get to actually enjoy the food. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I want to know how you came to this role. So you're a founder and executive director. Um, Where did this vision for Detroit Food Academy come from? Yeah, um, well, it, it really came from, uh, I'm, I'm one of three co-founders, um, and I kind of brought the food, um, the food education background okay. into the mix, but sure. we also have a food business owner, um, and a high school English teacher. Oh, and wow. The three of us kind of brought education, business, and food together as the three pillars of the organization. Um, but you know, it really, it came out of, um, I, I had had an interest in, uh, after doing a bit of work in uh, food internationally and in uh, international agriculture, yeah. wanted to connect with the local food system and connect students um, and schools with great local food from farmers mm-hmm. and had wonderful success um, getting cafeterias to offer more wonderful seasonal produce and then saw tray after tray uh, going into the garbage because students were not participating in the decision-making around what actually was served in their cafeteria. So here, you know, Taco Tuesday disappeared and now there's butternut squash soup and (laughs) students are saying, wait a minute, (laughs) what did you do with my favorite meal of the week? And anyone who works with youth knows um, nothing for them without them. And so we, we realized, oh, this could be so powerful if instead of uh, adulting around the young people and saying, you know, we'll, we'll give you the right choices. Yeah. We said, what do you want to see? Um, and so we did a, a semester long pilot project using the entrepreneurial model and asking students, you know, what do you want to see in your cafeteria? How could we help you encourage your peers um, to try new foods, to eat healthier? And, you know, what recipes would do that? And students learned about the USDA and the nutrition guidelines. They learned about scaling up a recipe and the constraints in the kitchens at their schools. And they actually got to make uh, not only some recipes that went on the line, but they got to make their own um, snack business called Mangoes on a Stick and sold something like 300 mangoes in three hours in their high school cafeteria. Wow. Um, And it was, it was amazing. And we 
really saw uh, not only how effective it was, but also just how much energy it generated for the young people participating and the young people who were receiving that food um, and engaging with that business. So we realized, oh, this could be a wonderful way um, to center youth in this conversation. And we all benefit, I think, when young people are more connected in our in our food system and in our school policy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a powerful notion to give teens and youth a voice in their own experience. You know, so many times kids don't feel empowered or that they have any control. And food is one mm-hmm. area where they will exert control, even just without thought, you know, in advance, just sort of, I'm not going to eat this. And this is a way that I can have some power over my life. Um, it's really a powerful notion to bring them into the conversation. And, you know, I, I have found, I have four kids of my own, and I found that um, over the years when we go to farmer's markets together, they try things and then they want to buy them and then they want to make them because it's an adventure, it's an exploration. Or if we go to orchards and they're they're picking things on their own, they're much more likely to eat them. And so they have a role in um, the decision making, like you said, and it 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 takes them to new territory in terms of food, and they'll they'll try things that m- they might not if I were the one to say here, give this a try, you know. Yeah, that is such a great point. It is so powerful when when young people get to be you know be the the leaders stepping into that adventure, um, and I think both trying you know making a recipe where if someone served it to you on a plate, you might say, "Ooh, what is this." But if you're the one really cooking it and working through each step, you're excited to try it at the end of it all. Um, And we have seen, you know, also some field trips to our amazing urban farms here in the city of Detroit. We've had young folks pick, you know, sugar peas or cherry tomatoes off the vine and try them and just say, what is this flavor? What is this? I don't think I've tried this before. And things that they may not love to eat. But when they have one that they themselves have gone out and gotten, then maybe that, you know, is in the height of its season, yeah. the experience that they really don't forget. Well, that's a really important point, too, because when you sample something that is ripe and it's ready to be harvested, it has so much more flavor and poignance than when you ship it from halfway around the world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've taken my kids strawberry picking and Michigan strawberries are ripe for a hot minute and that's about it. Yeah, we can get <laughs> strawberries year round if we want to go to superstores and that kind of thing, but they don't taste the same. You know, those strawberries in June are amazing. It's just oh, the best. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You know, it's interesting. And they um, look so different. Oh, well. yeah. They're, they're not so much smaller. And, yep. And they're not as mm-hmm. red, <laughs> you know, but yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting in my uh, marketing and public relations business, your people, um, we work with Detroit Waldorf School, and they have um, a man who works there who is the enrichment and aftercare coordinator. And he makes um, handmade snacks every day. And he often involves the kids in the process. And he'll make things with wow. bl- black beans or with, um, you know, quinoa or whatever. And the kids eat it because it's an adventure. And it's just, and it's also cheaper, frankly, than if you're buying packaged manufactured goods. And um, it's so eye opening. And it's more healthful, too. I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. You know, um, we don't live in a healthy society right now. And food is a huge part of that. And so I wonder if your work with with youth is helping them to um, carve out a healthier future for themselves, having this sort of knowledge and experience with um, natural local foods? What do you think about that? 
I, I really think it is helping young people to have the knowledge and the experience to make healthy choices for themselves and choices that don't feel like they're depriving themselves of something, yeah. but rather that they're getting to say yes to things that, that they're excited about. Right. Um, we have, we, we do a lot of teaching around health and nutrition. Um, and our philosophy, uh, is, you know, everything in moderation. Right. So everything is fine. If you want to make, the, we had a, a, a good one a couple of weeks ago. Um, the students wanted to make red velvet cake. Ooh. They were super excited about making it. Um, it's a delicious meal. And so, you know, the, the recipe that they found online asked for uh, red food coloring. Yeah. And I invited them to do a little research and to see how was red velvet cake made traditionally, just because I happened to have learned this a few years ago, uh-huh. um, that it's colored, it's colored with beets. Oh, Um and so we were able to switch out the food coloring for beets uh-huh. and, um, you know, do every piece step by step, creaming the sugar and the butter together, you know, everything that was needed. Yeah. And students were amazed that it tasted good uh-huh. when it had a vegetable in it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think they were able to use a lot fewer ingredients in making their frosting than in the store-bought frosting that oh. we compared it with. We, yeah. we did a little taste test. Sure. Um, and it was amazing just to see, you know, when you scratch cook things, um, like this wonderful person who's making snacks at the Waldorf School, yeah. you, you know, you're not putting in the same amount of salt or, or preservatives or, you know, right. all these other things that make something have to stay on the shelf forever right. because you're just making it for that day and you get to take it home and eat it. And, um, and it, I think, hits home a lesson that, you know, you're not only having a healthier meal that might even taste better, but it, it's often better for you too. Since right. You're just using fewer ingredients and fewer of the ones that you need to be a little careful around. Right. No, you're totally right. So, you know, before we run out of time here, I wonder if you can share with our listeners, um, you know, how can they get involved? What What do you guys need? Um, where is there room for people to help out with Detroit Food Academy? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, we, so, uh, we, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. We love, um, volunteers. We would love to connect with anyone who might think they want to volunteer, um, pretty consistently, like for a semester uh-huh. or so at a school. We okay. love to link up young folks with, um, with amazing mentors as well. So if anyone listening is connected to the food industry or farming, and would want to bring our students to their location for a field trip or come and share their story in our kitchen, uh-huh. that would be wonderful. Um, we also have three student businesses that operate under the nonprofit. Um, these are run by our alumni who've created the businesses in the organization and wow. then graduated out of high school and are still running them. It's amazing. Uh, and those include um, Mitten Bites, which is a granola bar company, uh, Slow Jams, which is a jam company, and the Detroit Pop Shop, which is a popsicle company that um, all of them use local Michigan um, produce, and we uh, make things as often as we can and uh, share them out at grocery stores and at the Eastern Market. So if anyone wants a snack, uh, we have those that are made by youth and go back to supporting the success of the program. Awesome. Congratulations. You've done some amazing things. It's it's really quite a story. Um, I think before mm-hmm. we end today, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, we focus a lot on meaning and purpose in the work we do. And on this show, it's all about how do we make meaning in our work and find purpose in our lives. And I wonder if you have any advice for our listeners about how they can find their purpose or or, or infuse what they're doing every day with meaning. Hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking. I can't remember who said it, but that famous quote of um, 
uh, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what sets you on fire because oh. what the world needs is folks who've been set on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that is, uh, you know, I, I happened to, to come to youth work uh, in a roundabout way through through connecting farmers in schools. And the youth work really spoke to my heart and, uh, you know, is something that gives me energy. And I think uh, for anyone out there who is um, who runs across a, a topic or um, a situation where they just say, gosh, this is really this pulled me in. This really makes me more excited. And I, and I want to dive in deeper. Mm-hmm. I think that is um that's a path towards meaning because we need so many things in this world. And so what we do, what we need are for folks who can keep going um, and can keep working towards their vision, uh, no matter what it is. I love that. That's really wonderful. Well, John Rusciano, it's wonderful to speak with you. Um, I love what you've been doing with Detroit Food Academy. And I hope um, that you are really just transforming the landscape of Detroit um, for our youth so that the next generation coming up really um, sets the world on fire and, and takes it by storm. I just think um, you're, you're, you're really impacting kids in a meaningful way. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for telling these wonderful stories. Um, you are you are inspiring. Your podcast is inspiring. And oh. I appreciate uh, your time. Well, thanks. Mutual Admiration Society. So um, <laughs> <laughs> again, this is Jen Rusciano from Detroit Food Academy. And I'm Lynn Galadner. And this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I hope you'll tune in again for our next story. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do. 